Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello! Yes. So, uh, what's been, what's happening? What's going on? What's, what's new? Tell me what's new. Nothing. Give me something that's new. Uh, right now. Mm. Come on. Something that's new? Yes. I don't know. You give me something that's new. Ah, oh, that's not how this works. I can't give you something that's new. I don't know if anything's happened, actually, uh, in the last week. I'm trying to think about what's just gone on. But I can't think of anything. No. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Everything is going along relatively smoothly. Tickety-boo. Yes. No big changes that I know of. Uh, like there's some changes I suppose happening in general, but it's nothing like it's it's nothing new. I guess I suppose like I always try and I suppose like the more you know about your autism, the better you are at managing stuff. There are some things that are changing, I guess, in my life soon. Uh, but with me, you know, I don't really think about them until they uh, happen. Um, I know you can do it, but I always feel like because I can't really picture something until it's happening, I never really can mentally prepare for stuff. I'm always telling people like, um, you know, like for autism, like you need to, if you're going to make any changes or make any like big adjustments, yeah, you should just like warn me first. But then I always feel like if you warn me first, it doesn't really matter anyway because uh, I don't prepare for it until it's happening. Yeah. Um, but then you know, like I've I've spoken to other people that are on the spectrum, and they always say that like if they get, um, like say something like hours that their work hours are changing, or you know they've got to move house or something, that if they know about it like massively in advance, they can mentally prepare for it. But I'm not someone that can do that. I can't like prepare for something that's going to change. Until it's actually happening. And then when it's happening, like I just have to deal with it as it's going on. But yeah. I'm not really someone that can uh, prepare for anything. Um, so I always feel like if something's going to change. For me, I'm probably better off not being told about it because I won't do anything anyway. It doesn't really make a difference for me. Yeah. You know, uh, and even though I'm big into like my routines and uh, schedules and, you know, all that kind of thing. For some reason, if there's a change coming to it, uh, warning me about it makes no difference to like my anxiety levels or worry in general. Uh, I don't prep for it because it's not happening now. And then, you know, it, it's just something I'll deal with when uh, when the time comes, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's not one of my uh, things. I mean, we, I've got some stuff coming up, obviously, potentially uh, we, we might be moving flat. Mm. Uh, and you know there's some changes with my work again uh, that you'd think I'd be like interested in or getting ready for but you know I thought about it um, uh, when so I remember when they were going to make changes I remember thinking like oh you know I should know or you know they should warn me first or if they're going to do anything I should know about it but realistically telling me first doesn't make any difference anyway so uh, I'm not really like that but uh, I think you are you are someone that if something's going to change, you need to know about it early. Last minute changes for you. You don't really deal with them that well. Yeah, like, I, I mean, if it's something to do with work, then I just kind of, I have to. So that's all right. Like, I'll just 
like even if it annoys me I just think well you know I, I guess I kind of have to deal with it but yeah I would rather know in advance hmm. I suppose so I was thinking as maybe for today's topic yes I was thinking about because uh, I do wonder because obviously like I um I mask and I pretend that I'm uh like everyone else, uh, like I am neurotypical, just do my daily stuff. But we've been talking about recently, like how that's like a hindrance for me in general, because then there's still stuff that I can't do. Like, basically, I've been thinking about, again, you know, it's my birthday soon. Um, I've been thinking about like changing jobs uh, and like career uh, and that kind of stuff, you know, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, every time this time of year, I always think about, you know, maybe starting some sort of career because I've never really... I've not had a career. I've not yeah. tried to pursue a career and that kind of thing. It's never been something that I've ever really thought about doing. Um, and, you know, it gets to, like, it's my birthday, like, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and this is when my time is. And I start thinking about, oh, maybe I should do something. I should, you know, go, you know, go off and do stuff. Um, or even, like, seek some sort of promotion within the job that I'm doing. But obviously the thing that always comes up is the me and interviews. Uh, me and interviews don't do that well um yeah. me and you've talked about it uh, me doing interviews in general um we've talked about that there's a way to do it and i don't really see i don't I mean, it's not that i don't really see the point in interviews i guess you've got to do them because obviously if you're applying to a job and they've never they don't never met you and don't know you then um you've got to go and have these meetings yeah and that's always like a massive disadvantage to me. Um, I've never got a job through the interview process, like all the jobs I've ever got. I've done interviews, but I kind of already knew somebody that worked there or there was a weird circumstance that got me around it. I'm not going to list them all off, yeah. but every interview I have successfully got through, um, I've managed to do it because I, yeah, there was like some sort of weird other thing that made it okay for me to go through it and do you know what on the interviews that I have done really well on I've never had any feedback anyway yeah. so they've never told me why it went well it's just kind of like oh, you know it was a formality we know you're going to get it anyway and it's because I don't do interviews well and the reason being is it's it's a forced social interaction so it's I do well in like normal social interactions and I have my own rules for social interactions so obviously because I mask I have my own templates and my own ways of going about talking to people that are neurotypical and the way I do stuff you know I have my own like systems yeah but I can't use those systems in the interview process because the interview itself is kind of like what I do if that makes any sense so I kind of feel like every conversation I have with someone that's not on the spectrum or actually is on the spectrum still uh, it's kind of like an interview process there because I know they're asking certain questions and they're expecting certain answers do you know what I mean? I'm supposed to say certain things and not say certain things. So I do that anyway on a daily basis. But with an interview, it's kind of like the person I'm talking to is doing what I do on a daily basis. And that kind of really throws me off because they're asking certain questions because they expect certain answers or they're saying certain things because of whatever. And I can't follow it because yeah. it's not my normal thing. I keep trying to make the interview like everyday conversations that I have. And I don't understand what they're trying to get at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so with a lot of interview questions, I know you're good at him, but with a lot of interview questions, they, they want you to read between the lines um, of what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to, like, 
look behind what they're saying to know what the answer is that you're supposed to give. And I don't do that. I'm, I'm too busy, like, thinking about what I should say and, uh, you know, how I should be sat or how I should behave and, you know, this, that and the other. So it never goes that well. Um, and obviously, this, that's the thing when, like, I always have these ideas of, oh, you know, I want to change career or I want to do something else. You know, I want to, like, move on and, like, try something. But then there's always like that, that obstacle of the interview. Um, and it's weird because I can do well in like my CV and applying for the job, anything that's written. Yeah. Um, but it's just when I get into that bit where I'm in a room with someone and got to talk to them, that's when I uh, struggle. So yeah. yeah, I've been thinking about that because it's like a weird uh, interaction. I know that you, you know, it's not like everybody that's not on the spectrum doesn't struggle with interviews. Everybody does, yeah. I suppose. Some people do, some people don't. Um, but I always feel like with me, cause you don't struggle with interviews. So, you know, like it's not even an autistic thing, but it's just my coping mechanisms for social interactions where the issue is, is I've put these things in place so I can, you know, go about my day to chat to people, but that's what's causing me troubles in interviews because, uh, I don't know how to differ from that. Whereas I guess with you, you know, you don't talk unless you've got something that's worth saying you don't have like set structures when you talk to people and you just kind of understand stuff logically more so so when you're in an interview and they ask you a question you kind of know why they're asking it so you know what answer you're supposed to be given because you get like when they ask me the question I don't ever think oh I wonder what why they're asking that or I wonder what they're wanting from me I just straight up don't really think about my answer and move into my like normal conversational patterns of what I would say if anybody asked me that question. Not somebody that I'm trying to get a job with, just, you know, because I don't, I don't think I really feel like an actual connection to the people I talk to. So, you know, like I talk to people that I'm, you know, friends with. Yeah. I don't feel something there that says like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is your friend, so you can talk to them like this. You know, and then like, this is your boss, so you should talk to them like this, you know. Yeah. I talk to everybody the same way, regardless of who they are. And that doesn't change when I'm in an interview situation. So I don't see the persons I'm talking to as this person's going to hire me. It's just genuinely like, oh, this human is asking me a question. Yeah. And I can't categorize, you know, the, the point of the question. I answer everything the same way. Like if you ask me a question, it doesn't matter who's asking the question, I will answer it the way I would no matter who it is. I don't really like assess my audience. I kind of have set like techniques to use when I'm interacting with people, but I don't have ones that differ depending on who I'm talking to. I'm the same with everyone I talk to, I suppose. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And I feel like that's that's the struggle, I suppose, that I have when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, I have thought about changing jobs again, but then it makes me think about like the interview process uh, and then I've got to do that. I'm trying to find jobs where you don't have to interview, but apparently there aren't any. Uh, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are, but I would say, yeah, majority, majority of jobs involve an interview process. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm having that, but then that made me think about like, obviously you're around a lot of neurotypical people. Uh, as am I. Yeah. Because, you know, we go to work, you go to the shops and that kind of thing. But I'm always thinking, like, obviously we talk about a lot of the autistic traits and the autism traits and, uh, you know, the things that 
we have as autistic. Is there anything in particular that I was just wondering that you see neurotypical people doing or things that neurotypical people can do naturally that you wish you could do? Oh, I think the the confidence, because I know it's it's not, obviously, like, I feel like anything I pick, it's not a general, like, all neurotypical people can do this. No, but like, so, yeah. Yeah, but the things that I see people doing that I feel like I wish I could do, like, the main thing I would say is just the confidence of just being and, like, being yourself, being, because... I always feel quite uncomfortable, I suppose, in general when I'm around people. And it's not like around everyone I'm always uncomfortable. I'm not. But, you know, if you're in a big group or in a, I suppose, like a noisy environment or just around new people, some people just seem like they feel fine. Like there's no issue with meeting someone new. There's no issue about being in a big group. There's no problem there some people just seem as if they're exactly as comfortable as they are when they're at home on their own or with you know someone that they're really close to or people that they're really close to they seem like that around anyone yeah that's something that I feel like I wish I had because I don't feel that comfortable like I would try and pretend that I do or try and act as though I'm very comfortable but it, it is an act. And I in my head, I always think, well, that must be an act for them. But then I see that it's almost like they'll seek it. They're happy to, to put themselves in those sort of situations, which makes me feel like it's not an act because I wouldn't seek it. I'm only putting them if I, I guess, have to be. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you think you could achieve if, I mean, because obviously you're saying specifically, your autism is the thing that's stopping you from doing that. But what do you think would be better about the way you do stuff or, I suppose, your life if you could do that? Like, what do you think you I, could get from it? Well, is- I just think it brings a sense of sort of... It makes me uncomfortable to feel not confident. It makes me uncomfortable and also it can it can affect me because sometimes I'll be in a group of people and I'll feel like it's gone well and I've done a good job and I've mingled with everyone. And then I come away from the group and a little bit later I think about it and I think oh did I did I do that really badly or should I have said something different to what I did say I was almost I was putting on this persona of somebody that's like this but should I have pretended I was more like this or that and did that mean that they didn't like me and they would have liked me more if I'd done that and I feel like it would it would just help me like I don't do I think it would get me anywhere in life probably not but it would it would be beneficial to me to not feel uncomfortable okay so you wouldn't need that because you need to use it to do something you'd just be happier in groups uh, not feeling weird I suppose yeah it would be because it, it gives me anxiety I suppose I, I mean I don't really like saying that because I don't know that I I don't really know what anxiety is and I hear people say it as though it's a I suppose like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, a, I don't want to say a disability, but a, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I don't want to say a real thing, but you know, I know that there is anxiety and it, it exists. And I don't know that that's what I have, but I definitely feel very anxious 
that's a better way of saying it. I feel very anxious in those situations, so it would help me to not feel like that. I always feel like with anxiety that a lot of people that talk about it that I know that say they have anxiety, they always talk about it in a sense of like they've never, they there was a point where they didn't have it, you know, and now, yeah. and now they've got it. So that's how they know they've got it because they feel different within themselves and they recognize it's there. I always think like some stuff like that, especially with people on the spectrum, I think like people on the spectrum have always had a level of anxiety from like a very young age. So, it, you know, you feel like you're not picking up on it or you yeah. don't recognize it's there because it's it's always there you know um yeah. like I think I do but it's only because people have explained to me what anxiety is and then I'm like oh is that what that is I, I've always got that I've got that all the time and it's hard to it's hard to I suppose say you've got it or recognize it because I guess for everybody else you know they they just know they do and they they remember what it was like without it and now they know it's there Whereas I think because, you know, if you're on the spectrum, just living your life in general, you know, even when you're a kid, like, you know, straight away that there's something different, you know, especially, you know, even things like going to your friend's house for like a party when you're a child, like, you know, you're supposed to feel happy about it. And you're supposed to feel like, you know, or excited. And I'm looking forward to that at the weekend. Uh, I remember hearing a mom say to a child, um, a few weeks ago, you know, if you don't stop like behaving that way, we won't go to your whoever's party yeah. this afternoon. And they were like proper upset and just like, no, I, I want to go. You know, I'm really upset. Like, and, you know, they, they started crying. And I remember like imagining me myself when I was a kid and, you know, we were like, oh, you got to go around to, you know, whoever's house for a party. And I remember just feeling like a sense of dread and just being like, oh, really? Yeah. I don't want to go. You know, but they've, you know, they've given you the invite, uh, you know, like when you were a kid, you'd get the little paper invite and a card come to whoever's whatever yeah. birthday. And it's one of those invites that has like balloons and stuff on it. And then you get there and, you know, games like Pass the Parcel used to like cause me worry. I used to hate, I used to hate sitting around and having the parcel passed around. And then like I used to hate if it stopped on me because, you know, I'd have to open it. But then equally I'd... I didn't like the the motion of passing it along, you know, because yeah. I was worried that what if I drop it or what <laughs> if I don't move it quick enough and people think I'm holding onto it really slowly because I want the thing that's in the end, you know. Same with musical chairs, like hated that. Game I hated too. musical chairs. Past the parcel didn't give me that, but musical chairs, I hated. Yeah, and just just the whole kids party thing, like the whole stuff. As soon as I was there, I wanted to leave. I wanted to just be wrap up and to be done, you know, like I was just like, come on, get on with it. Like, this is hideous. I just want to go. And I just remember thinking like, that's weird because this kid seemed really upset by it. And I just thought I never did. And it makes you think like, so I was like that even back then, which yeah. is similar to me now. I'm still like that now a little bit. I mean, I don't think I'd get bothered by past the parcel now um, because, you know, I mean, who's playing that at my age? But like, say for some reason there's a weird grown-up version of it, I wouldn't feel bothered by playing it, you know. But back then, I definitely would have felt bothered playing it. And it's the same with musical chairs. I hated the game, so I just tried to make sure I was out first, you know. I'd see a chair. I'd see that there was, like, me and somebody else going for it. I'd just let them go for it. So I was out. Because I just thought, I don't want to play this. This is stupid. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, I had that kind of thing then. So I just kind of thought, that's how people are. So... 
you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's, I, I must have felt like autism and the anxiety and the worry and stuff even back then. So like you've had that baseline of anxiety and worry like the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you, you probably now, you know, you don't want to go around saying you've got anxiety or I get anxious because for you it's it's an everyday thing. Whereas I suppose a lot of people that have anxiety now, they remember a time when they didn't and they can see the comparison of I didn't used to get anxious when I have to go out and drive my car, but now all of a sudden I do. Do you know mean they can make that comparison yeah. so they realise that something's wrong? Whereas, you know, with a lot of people that are autistic, you don't realise that there's something different about you until you start doing the comparisons and you start noticing other things, you start talking to people. But even then, it takes a while. I wouldn't say that even when I noticed all the different various stuff that makes me different to everybody else, I didn't then just think, well, that's it then, I must have autism. I used to just think, everybody else is weird but me. That's odd. I used to just think everybody else is a bit strange yeah. and everybody else seems to have this weird stuff or I'd be convinced that we were all the same and I was the only one that was like true you know I was the only one that was not playing along with this weird like pantomime that everybody else is I used to watch people do stuff and all have the same thoughts I'm just like you're all just playing this weird game that we all are supposed to do and follow the rules of but I don't want to yeah but you lot all seem to be okay with it and I used to just think that everybody goes around lying to themselves about who they are and that's why they're pretending to like these things or do these things. And I just thought, but not me, I don't pretend. But I mean, obviously I do. Yeah. But not in the same way. Like, you know, like somebody would show like a picture of their baby or whatever. And everybody's gathering around and yeah. being like, oh, you know, oh, that's so cute or that kind of thing. And I just think like, oh, we're all just pretending that we're liking this picture of a baby. I'm not going to pretend like everybody else. I don't want to go look at it. I'm just going to pretend like I haven't heard them say look at this picture. I'm going to pretend like I was too far away, never heard them say it, and therefore I don't have to go look at it. You know? Yeah. And I used to just think that's what everybody else was doing. Um, and yeah. So what is it that everyone else or that NT people can do that you can't do, that you want to be able to do? Well, I guess it's that. Um, I don't... It's the whole... It's the whole knowing stuff for me that I guess is the thing that NT people do that I wish I could. It's the whole just getting stuff. I mean, then again, I don't even know if it's a an NT thing because you can do it. So for me, it's it's something that I know I can't do because of the way my autism has developed from, you know, birth to now. And it's why I can't do it. But it's the whole just the way people know how to be in certain situations like you know how to be at a child's party, you know how to be when you're in an interview. You know, you're always telling me you can't say that to people or you can't behave that way in this situation. That's the thing I want is I'd like to be able to just go along with stuff or recognise that that's what I'm supposed to be doing now. I kind of miss cues for stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's loads of times where people just sort of go, oh, well, we were going to do that with you, but we didn't realise that you were interested. You didn't seem interested. And then I'm a bit like, oh, well, I was. Was I yeah. supposed to do something else? So I kind of have that. There's weird little social, not games, but like weird little social rules or social constructs that exist only in certain situations like the interview, which is the only example I guess I can give, but there's loads of others where people just know there's a certain way to behave in that situation and that helps them, I suppose, progress, you know, in certain things. You know, they're the ones that are 
you know, selected for promotion or they're the ones that people go, yeah, you know, bring them over there, all right, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they're, they're sort of stuff that I don't recognise are happening, you know. I, and I think the real reason is, is because, you know, growing up, I didn't know to be a certain way and I didn't know that Because you, I think the difference between me and you is, you grew up not knowing you're autistic, but still just being your autistic self, you know. You didn't think, oh, I'm just going to be myself. You didn't try and, like, hide your autism, I suppose, in the same way I did. I'm sure the stuff that you didn't do. Yeah. Because you thought, I can't do that because I'd be seen as a weirdo. But um, I do feel like you you were more, like, just out with it because you just thought, that's just me. You didn't think, oh, I'm just going to let my autism out. But you did think, like, I do this differently. I'm just going to do this. Because that's how I am. Whereas I, I think I got too bogged down in the. I don't want to appear different to everybody else, and like I want to not behave in a weird way. So I'm just going to copy what everybody else does. But like you can't just copy what everybody else. Everybody else kind of like knows the rules. They know they're naturally just being them, and then following the the rules of like I suppose society and you know they know where the rules are they know what they're supposed to do in certain situations they know what's expected of them uh and then there's me who's trying to copy them after they've already done it i'm trying to mimic it but i don't understand why they did it in the first place i'm just trying to copy it and i guess if i don't understand the origins of why they're behaving a certain way i can only do like a weird copy of it that doesn't really work and i don't really understand the re i can't naturally react to certain situations you know yeah. I don't have any like natural reactions to stuff in the same way everybody else does. And I think that that kind of hinders a lot of the stuff I do because I can't naturally be me. You know, when people say just be yourself. I'm like, I can't just be myself. I don't yeah. even know what that means. And I think like that's where the issue is, is I'm never really me in stuff. Like I'm really me, I think, on the podcast and I'm really me around you and like, you know, family and stuff. But when I go out and do stuff, I'm never really... I can never really just be myself. And I feel like that, you know, when it comes to like stuff like this, uh, like just, you know, doing stuff with your life, I suppose, because I can never really be me. It's hard to decide what to do and what I should do and that kind of thing. Uh, And I think that's the thing that I think NT people can do. I mean, everyone's, I suppose no one's ever really their like real self all the time because, you know, there's people have like work them and home them, you know, husband them and then, you know hanging out with the lads them and all that stuff. Do you know I mean? Everybody has that. But I feel like I'm never really myself in situations and I'm always trying to be what I think is required of me so I can, like, interact and stuff. And I do feel like that's kind of... It kind of stops me from being able to do stuff because I'm too wrapped up in the, okay, so I need to be like this here, but I don't really understand why. So then I'm trying to, like... It's kind of like guessing. Um if that makes any sense. So I'd kind of want that, I suppose. I'd kind of want to just be naturally who I am. Who do you think, like, what is it that you are then? If you're not yourself, what is the persona that you... It's just me trying to mirror NT behaviour is the best way to do it, is I've watched loads of NT people, I've watched loads of behaviours that I don't understand and that I don't fully get why it happens, but I'm trying to copy it. Yeah. So... You know, when I'm out in public, I kind of just try and pretend to be what I think other people are. 
but don't really understand why. And it's not really that good a copy. It kind of works at face value, but I feel like if you get into it, I mean, like it's got problems uh, that I don't know how to fix because I don't understand why people do certain things in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's interesting because I would say that when it comes to how we present, you present in quite a masky way. You kind of try and fit in. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to how we act personality-wise, I would say that I fit in, but you don't. Yeah, and, you know, like, I would have said, like, when we first started doing these episodes, that you stick out as someone that's different. Yeah. And, like, not in a bad way, but, like... Because obviously I, I know, you know, I'd been diagnosed for a long time before we met and I knew I, I understand autism, but I just didn't really understand your stuff until you started talking to me. And then you kind of put the pieces together and go, ah, right, that makes yeah. sense now. But I didn't see you as weird or odd. Nobody else did. I kind of saw you as just like this, like quirky, like always happy, like <laughs> carefree person who nothing really ever bothers. That's the kind of like thing that you gave off, you know, yeah. um, which in some ways is very similar to what I do because obviously I come off as this like surly, like, do you know what I mean? Like dry, doesn't really put up with a lot of nonsense kind of person, but you can get along with me. Like, yeah. and I'm not, and I, I can be like a certain way. I'm not saying like I'm horrible or anything like that, but do you know what I mean? Like we have like something that's always the same all the time. Like when people get talking to us, our mood and personality is usually on the same, like, bit it never really differs it's like that constantly and I suppose that's one of the ways to spot someone that's autist autistic I suppose is that they're consistently in the same mood all the time is a good thing there's no like lows or highs it's just consistent yeah when they're out in public but obviously when you get if you know somebody personally that's autistic you'll notice that there's massive spikes in when they feel down and when they feel up and like that yeah. kind of thing it, it kind of I would say more so it's it's more extreme than what most people behave like. But yeah, you were saying that, um, yeah, I was saying that like I would have definitely had me down as a better masker than you and someone that, um, yeah, hides their autism way better than anyone else. But as time's gone, I've realized that you're actually better at it than I am. Um, but I, yeah, even though you, you do it completely different to me and I would, I'm still doesn't make me change the way I am. I'm still convinced that my way is the best way. Yeah. Even though I know you really well and, you know, I'm, you're like proof that there's an easier way of doing it that works better. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I'm unable to adapt like your style of masking, I suppose, or not even masking, just your style of being out in the NT world. Uh, I'm still convinced that my way works better than your way. But like you said, um, you fit in better than I do. You seem to be able to make friends quicker than I can. Uh, and, you know, with things like getting jobs and the things that are the structures that exist in the world, you're much better at following them and picking up on them and doing things like that than I am. But but I still 100% would be convinced that if you put me and you in a group of like, say, 10 people, and somebody said, you know, the other eight are NT. And someone said, two of these people in this group are autistic. Can you find them? I'm still convinced that they wouldn't be able to pinpoint me mm. out of all of them. But I feel like maybe someone would be able to work it out with you. 
Yeah. See, I think, like, I would say you're better at masking when you know people. Yeah. So, like, around people, it's, it's interesting because I think the more comfortable you get, the better you get at masking and the more you try, you kind of fit in. Whereas with me, the more comfortable I get with someone, the less I try to fit in and I'll just be myself. Yeah. But when it's around, I, I suppose, in a more uncomfortable situation, so things like interviews where you don't know the people that you're around or um, just anything really where it's like big groups or people you don't know, you just sort of shut off. You're just sort of like, you'll be basically sort of as silent as possible you don't really make an effort with people to try to sort of talk to them or you you just sort of put yourself in a corner and and shut it out yeah well i mean so like one of my techniques i guess because obviously you're saying this because me and you recently went to a family event yeah on your side of the family. Yeah. And it was, I suppose, even though the event was only like in the day, I'd got, we'd got there the day before. Was we there the day before? No. No. We got there in the morning. Yeah. We had to do some stuff with some people first thing. And then we had to go somewhere else and do something. And then somewhere else and then somewhere else and then somewhere else. And then, you know, we spent the night. And yeah, during the whole time I was there, I would say that I barely spoke the whole yeah. time there because it was all your family I do know some of the people in your family, I suppose. Um, I have met them a few times. Yeah. And I do know them. Uh, but so you'd think that by that thing. But the thing is with me is, is it's not that I am nervous or anxious or um, scared to talk to people. I do this thing when I'm in groups of people where I just listen. I just sit there and listen to what everybody's saying. And I need to do that because I need to like kind of, it's almost like building a profile for each person. So I know who they are and what they're like and how they talk. And like, I follow their like mannerisms and doing like their opinions on stuff, their views and that kind of thing. And once I've built it up enough, I then know how to interact with them. Yeah. So I have to do it. And it's, it's harder in groups of strangers. Like you say, there's a load of people that I've met, not yesterday, the day before we went to the thing. That I will never see again. Yeah. And therefore, there's no point me sitting there and um, listening to what everybody's saying because some of those people I'll never see again. So the information I have on them or the, you know, the things I remember about them don't really matter because I won't see them again. However, I remember everything that I remember about everybody, I suppose. So some members of your family that I've met, if I were to meet them again, say for some reason in like four or five years time, I still remember the things that I learned from this week about them. Yeah. Uh, Which makes it useful because then when I see them again, I'm just like, oh, you're still doing this. And then they're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I have to do that. So once I got to know somebody, I understand everything they do. I know how to interact with them. I also understand how to tweak my own behaviours so it matches what they're more comfortable with. So I have to learn a lot about them because then I can understand how I need to be when I talk to them. Yeah. But I can't just outright talk to someone because I don't know how to be around them or how to talk around them or what to do. But it's obviously it comes across as shy. And a load of people always say to me like, oh, you know, when we first met you, you didn't really come out of your shell. I get that a lot. Yeah. You know, but now like, you know, now you talk all the time and now, you know, you're always going on about something and you're always chatting and you're always getting involved. Um, and that's true. 
it's just I I don't really know what to say or you know I don't really know like what to do to begin with and then eventually when I come out they're just like oh you're so different to how I first met you and that kind of thing good example of this is somebody that you know that I spoke to spoke to me first and tried to have a conversation with me and the trouble is with me is because I sit and don't say anything people think that I'm on my own I don't know anyone so you know a lot of like neurotypical people feel like that it's nice if they come and talk to me because then I won't feel left out which to me I don't mind I'm I'm too busy listening to what everybody's saying and that kind of thing and I don't notice that that's how I'm coming across but one of your family members started talking to me about something and it's really hard when somebody I don't know talks to me you ever you ever done this thing and you probably haven't but like this is an example of it have you ever told someone you've seen a movie when you haven't seen the movie yeah Someone ever gone, oh, have you seen this? And you go, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just expecting them to go, so what did you think of it? And you go, yeah, I liked it. But then they start asking you specific details about yeah. the film and you just think, oh, no. Like, this is going to go badly. I feel like that when anybody talks to me that I don't know. Okay. It's kind of like I'm pretending that I'm a person and I'm pretending like I am a human being and I can have conversations, but I don't actually know what's going on and they can ask me about stuff that I 100% know the answers to but it's kind of like that feeling you get where they go oh yeah what did you think of this bit of the film and you go yeah yeah I really liked the and you try and remember like something you've read on the back of the DVD case or something just to repeat back to them to give them enough information so they think that you've seen it I feel like that when I'm having a conversation with a stranger it's kind of like I've pretended that I know something or know how to do something that I don't really know how to do yeah And now I'm just trying to wing it through until the conversation has ended. Yeah. And yeah, one of you all talked to me and the thing they asked me is something that I can easily talk about. It was literally about moving flat. Yeah. And they were just saying, oh, you know, this, that and the other. But in my mind, just blank because I don't know this person. I don't know what kind of person. I don't know how they talk. I don't know what they do. And therefore, I can't use my coping mechanism in any way to help me through this conversation. So I just kind of freeze up and give like one word answers, you know, Yeah. which usually makes people that are strangers talk to me just sort of go, okay, he's not interested in talking to me. And then they just walk off, which is what happened. They tried. I kind of just went, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they just like, okay, we're getting nothing here. You know, it's like blood out of a stone. They just walked off. Yeah. And I just thought, great, you know, already ruined my plan. This person I could have not spoke to for a few more times met them again, had a proper conversation and it would have been good. But then I'm just kind of crossing that off because I just think, well, that person now thinks I'm a weirdo. So I can't talk to them anymore. Yeah. So like I have that, I suppose, when I'm in conversations, whereas I know you don't at all when you meet somebody you don't know. Yeah. I guess you just interact with them normally, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't know that I interact with them normally, but I definitely try. Like I put a lot of effort in. I would say. Yeah. To people. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Once I'm in a group of people that I know, no problem. Yeah. Um, Like, I can talk to anybody about anything. I can just chat. I can start conversations. I can behave a while, but I need to do my research and I need to do my preparation before I'm ever be able to do that with anyone. That's just how I've been able to do stuff. Yeah. I suppose, but I suppose that is a hindrance because obviously people always talk about first impressions 
and that's how you get anywhere, you know, and that's how everybody works out. And my first impression that I give to people is uh, he's shy and he doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. You know, I've met members of your family a few times now. And I do think, you know, that if they ever talk about me when I'm not there, it will be, you know, he's very quiet. Yeah. You know, doesn't really talk much, just sort of sits there. Um, and it's just because I need time, you know, a few more interactions with the key members of your family and I will be able to have proper conversations with them. I'll be able to start conversations. I'll be able to get my own opinions across, talk about myself, ask them about themselves, but I need like two, three more goes uh, and then I'll be able to do it. But is there any other NT behavior or NT abilities that you've seen that you think would be beneficial to you? Oh. Um, I don't know. I like I say it's just it's almost just like the air of just, I suppose, just being who you are. Because uh, I feel like with a lot of people on the spectrum, if you are, I guess, your true self, it's kind of stifling uh, the burgerisms. If you if you know if you're not stimming or saying you know speaking before you think about it and potentially saying something that's either offensive or you know just impolite um it's the i suppose not worrying about that although i know there are people that do just you know say what exactly what's on their mind the rnt that you know they get the same response of well that was probably impolite but i suppose it's the confidence to do that because i fine uh, that's something that I don't have so I think some people on the spectrum as well as NT people do have the ability to do that but I am very measured I suppose and I always think about what I'm gonna say before I say it and almost like how I'm acting like I find myself thinking about the way I'm stood and then I look around to everyone else and I think they look like they're stood in a really comfortable, just natural position. And here I am going, what should I do with my hands? What should I do with my feet? Do I need to slightly bend that leg? Should I put my hands together or should I let them hang by my sides or should they go up? And it's it's that kind of just not knowing the correct way to be that I think would, would benefit me the most and I I can't even give a reason why other than just for I suppose my own not sanity but my own yeah not having to worry so much would be the the main thing for me um also I suppose not being as bothered by noises lights smells uh things like that would probably help because I would find it less distracting um, I think that would be a a benefit to me. You don't ever seem like someone that's uh, distracted, though. Um, I've never known you to be distracted about anything. Uh, you always seem really... Considering that your sensory stuff is way worse than mine, I would have thought, you're definitely more sensitive to light and sound than I am. Like, obviously, I think my... Sensitivity to smell is worse than yours. Yeah. Uh, smell seems to bother me the most of every sensory thing, I think. But, like, your thing with light and sound is, like, whatever. Like, I notice light and sound. So light and sound does for me. I do pick up on it more than everyone else. So I can be in a room full of people that aren't on the spectrum and they don't notice how bright it is or how loud it is. But I am able to kind of, like, put up with it. 
like I will put up with it. Like I, you know, even if it's causing yeah. me like actual bother. But for you, if it's bad, you just you can't cope with it like at all. You need to be away from it immediately. Like it's kind of like it just it overwhelms everything else, and then you're not able to function but yeah. i wouldn't say that you've you're you've, i've never known you to be distracted uh, genuinely thinking about it now <laughs> i can't think of a time where i've said something or someone said something's happened and you've gone sorry i won't listen like or you were like what like it, it's never happened with you even when like bright sounds or bright sounds or uh, <laughs> bright lights or loud sounds you um you've never come across as like it's too much and now you can't focus you are still focusing but it's kind of like you're burning yourself out really quickly so you just like need to get away from this because yeah you're not, i suppose that's what it is more so you're, you're still trying to pay attention to everything i guess i'm quite a focused person in like i try and i i do focus quite heavily on what someone's saying when they're saying it and listening and I guess planning responses and and things like that and just the, things like that I guess I focus on quite a lot. So I suppose it is more just a I need to get away from it, but I will still listen to to people, I suppose. Um in general, I guess I guess there are a lot of things that I think like oh, perhaps if I wasn't on the spectrum that wouldn't be an issue or I would be able to do that particular thing better but then I suppose likewise it could be I could be wrong or there could be things that I did worse <laughs> so I, I don't know because I don't I don't think that NTs have it easy either you know um, I just think the struggles are potentially different yeah, like I say, it's all it's it's a weird topic to do because I don't want to spend I didn't want to spend like an hour talking about how it's you know so hard to be on the spectrum and you know the neurotypical world they have it easy because there's yeah. a load of stuff that I think being on the spectrum means you can do things that they the neurotypical people can't do yeah and there's loads of stuff that you find easier that they don't find easier um because of it and that kind of thing. I just meant more like, you know, because the, you know, I say it like the world is, it's obviously more designed for the neurotypical. If it wasn't, then there wouldn't be like autism hours or yeah. you know, things like that or, you know, reasonable adjustments made where you go because of it. So obviously it is. So it's just not all of them because obviously, you know, if you were neurotypical, then, you know, all that stuff, there's loads of things that would be easier. I just mean like, are there key ones? Have you ever looked at, somebody who isn't on the spectrum and just thought mm, yeah i wish i could do that you know what one of the things that's a bit of a i suppose it's like a catch-22 for me is there's a part of me that would really like to be able to do gray thinking better and we've spoken about it before previously with you and, and jobs and stuff where generally when you're on the spectrum you have a very black and white way of viewing things like for me i either like someone or, or i don't like someone there's not really like an in-betweeny bit um, mm. I will either put them into a like box or a don't like box. And if there is ever a part of me that's unsure, it doesn't put them in a middle space. It just means I need to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a, a sort of, oh, I'll just keep them in this gray area. It will be, I suppose it wasn't that bad. I like them or actually it's pushed me too much. I don't like them, even though it's not that bad. It, it's kind of like that with everything. It's very black and white. So there is part of me that thinks, oh, it'd be really good if I could do that grey thinking because 
it might help me and it means that potentially everything wouldn't be as compartmentalized in my head which might be beneficial but then when I think about it I also think would that be horrible though I don't know because I think it would probably help me in some situations where I'm saying no this is how it is and someone's going well is it and I know that I, I need that to be how it is because that's how it works for my brain but would greyish thinking make everything really confusing because it doesn't seem to make it confusing for people who are neurotypical it seems to it's almost like a natural thing that they don't really have to think about but when I think about how that would be in my head I feel like everything would just be a jumbled mess and it would be too much and I wouldn't know where I stand and so I don't know because I do think it would be beneficial and you've had it before in uh, jobs where you were told you needed to demonstrate grey thinking uh I I don't know if that's the actual term for it, but that's what we're calling it. Where yeah. you've you've been told that just because the rules say one thing, um, they're a guideline, and in a certain specific sort of situation that they can't tell you what the specifics is because you need to weigh it up for yourself. You can bend away from the guidelines and do it this way because of that situation, and you've been told like in jobs that that's something you need to progress and if you can't do that you can't do a certain role so it would be beneficial in that sense but to me it just sounds really confusing because how do you know what's the correct situation but I suppose to neurotypical people again not all the time but generally maybe that comes more naturally where they go oh this is one of those situations even though there isn't a set list and it that confuses me yeah it's a it's a difficult thing, but I suppose how would that be beneficial? Well, it would allow you to progress potentially in jobs. It may help you in friendships. It might just help you in life in general, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. Um, I, I I'd like to say I'm gonna say I I don't really like like one of the reasons that I think one of the best examples for me and like the whole grey thinking thing is um you know when someone's like even though I've, I've said that i i struggle with making decisions it's you know you know somebody else and they need to make a decision um uh, and even if the decision doesn't directly affect me i need to know what the decision is i don't like the whole like schrodinger's cat thing of it you know i don't like something being oh yeah yeah i don't like something being one you know someone's got to decide so example of where I work, they were trying to decide on whether we should show up an hour before the shop opens or show up 15 minutes before the shop opens. Yeah. And they wanted to decide about it. And they wanted a couple of days to think about what was the best option. Yeah. Now, to me, it doesn't make any difference. I have set hours. Like, even if it changes, it just means that I go to work 45 minutes early. I mean, I go to... I go to work either 45 minutes early or 45 minutes later. Yeah. Which means I finish 45 minutes early. To be honest, doesn't really matter. The thing that bothered me is that they hadn't decided which. And it's not because I needed to know which. It's not because I just thought this is a big thing on my daily routine and I need to know what time I'm going to leave and what time. Like, that's the stuff that you think because I'm on the spectrum. And if you explain to somebody else autism, that's the thing that they think would be my problem is that I don't know when I'm starting work and I don't know when I'm finishing work. Um, and that's where the issue should be for me. But it wasn't. My issue was that it was neither one nor the other. 
And that's the same yeah. with all decisions. My own decisions, admittedly, I've said before that I, I make decisions and then think, ah, maybe I should have made the other one because I couldn't, I, I don't get a feeling. I don't get a gut feeling. Like we did an episode on gut feelings and I don't get a gut feeling when I've made a decision that it was the right decision and therefore I start thinking about the other decision because maybe that would have given me a feeling. But this is when somebody else has got to make a decision. Like say somebody wants to break up with their boyfriend and they don't know whether they do or don't, you know, or somebody yeah. wants to eat a piece of cake. Do I eat it? Do, that, I can't deal with that. You either do or you don't. I can't deal yeah. with the am I or aren't I? And I can't deal with it in other people. In myself, obviously, I do that. But when other people do it, I can't deal with it because that's in the middle. They haven't decided yet. It's either one or the other. Yeah. I just think, like, make a decision. And it gets to the point where I want them to make the decision already because I can't focus. It's distracting me yeah. way too much. Even if it's nothing to do with me, I need to know what decision they're going to make. I need to know if it's one thing or the other. And what happens is sometimes is they still haven't made their mind up. So say, and this has happened, this isn't like an actual episode. I knew someone who had a friend, well, I had a friend who had a boyfriend and she didn't know whether to break up with him. Right. He'd done something, she wanted to break up with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, and people always like, oh, I want to talk to you. They always talk to me about it because they think, well, you know, Nikki's quite decisive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he'll tell me what to do. And the reason being is because I can't deal with the, the grey middle part of this. Yeah. So, like, if they can't decide, I give them a really small window of time to make that decision. And if they don't make that decision, I make the decision for them. And then I start talking to them. So, say, in this situation, I decided that she needed to break up with him. And therefore, I went in with my case of get rid of him. Yeah. But I genuinely don't know if it's because I thought, do you know what I mean? Like, you need to. It's just I weighed up the logical, what they'd done, what they hadn't done. Yeah. Thought if it were me... If you look at it, he's no good. Get rid of him. And therefore, I went on the offensive of get him gone. You yeah. know? And I explained everything that was wrong. And I was just like, this is what you need to do. Do it. Do it. Do it. Just do it. And then she's like, oh, I don't know how to do it. I used to, I was then like, do you want me to do it? Do you know what I mean? Like I needed it, like, <laughs> I needed to decide. I was just like, I won't ring them because they know it's me. I was like, but I can text them or email them or whatever as you. Fine. You can read it before I send it. It needs done. And then obviously like... <sighs> a lot of NT people they don't work that way they don't like they can't just do something yeah they need to think about it and they will change their mind which in this situation she changed her mind we'd agreed that she was going to break up with him I was like we decided it was going to happen she was going to do it that night I was like tell me as soon as you've done it you know <laughs> text me call me let me know it's done uh, and then after you know I knew what time they were going round I was in my own like student flat I was like sat there thinking about it. I was trying to watch telly. I was too busy thinking about how she going to do it. I'd even given her like things she can say and like how to decide it. I was like really helpful on like doing it. Uh, and then, you know, after it was over, she didn't call me. She didn't text me. So I rang her and I was just like, so she's like, yeah, we didn't break up. You know, he explained to me it's gone on like this. Like, you know, we've decided that we're going to stay together. And like, I just couldn't cope with it. Just yeah. couldn't cope because that was like, no, no, like, no, no, no. You can't go the other <laughs> way now because that and you think like the 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 finality of it, at least the decision has been made. Yeah. But because I had got it in my head, this is how this was going to go. It was hard for me to let it go. You know, like initially I was just like, you're an idiot. Like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. 
this shouldn't be it. It's going to happen again. Like, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I went on about it like for ages. Just like, yeah, well, you're not in it. It's not your decision. This yeah. is what I want to do. And I really struggled coming to terms with that for ages. Eventually I did. I calmed down. Like, you know, I was fine. But it was just that whole thing. And that's, that's, that's for me, I can't, I can't do the what if. The in-between. I can't do it. Yeah. And then once I've made my decision and I know or I, I have one way of thinking about something, it is difficult for me to look at the other side. So say, you know, with the black and white thinking, I've decided black, you know. Yeah. We're going this way. And then someone goes, yeah, but now we're going this way. I'd be like, no, yeah. we can't do that now. This is how this is. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's also, it's an unpredictability to it as well. It's, yeah. You didn't, you had it set out a certain way and it's all of a sudden changed. It's unpredictable. It's, I don't know, it feels... I don't like the unknown. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, it's just, I guess other people can just go along with it. They just sort of go, well, it was supposed to be this way, but it's not, you know, move yeah. on. Or, um, you know, uh, we don't need to make a decision on this yet, so we won't. And it's just like, we won't, Yeah. you know? So, and yeah, I guess there's that more, if you're more fluid, I guess you can deal with situations better, Yeah. I suppose. And do you think that would help you in, in life? Me? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know with me. Like, I know you like that, the fluidity, uh, in a sense. You I mean, I like the idea of it yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, no, I don't really. It's not something that I've ever looked at and thought, I wish I could be like that. Um, but I guess that's because I see it differently. I always kind of, anybody that for me, doesn't pick something and then stay with it. For me, I always see them as like, it's almost like a weakness that they yeah. have, that they can't, even if it's like seen as like diplomatic or, you know, they're seen as like, you know, somebody that understands both sides and that kind of thing. Um, I don't really get it. I prefer people that are like decisive. And then once they've made the decision, they stay with it. Um, but then, you know, I'm... I change my mind all the time. So, yeah, uh, this, it's not something I've ever really looked at in people, I suppose, because, um, yeah, I, I, it's not something that I see people do. And I guess have like any sort of like admiration for it. I, I just don't notice it, if I'm honest. Um, for me, it, it kind of either I'm the one making the decision or if somebody else makes a decision, either, you know, make it, but just don't tell me about it. You know, don't tell me how you got there don't tell me how you worked it out or thought about it because then I have to think about it too and then I add my own logic to it and then if my logic comes out with a different outcome to what they've come out with, then it annoys me. So I'd rather that somebody made a decision but didn't tell me how they got there. They just sort of gone, we're doing this now. Uh, and then even if they change their mind, they just don't tell me why they've changed their mind. They don't give me any details, just go, we're doing it this way now. And I'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's if I'm involved in the decision-making process and I find out the reasons why and that kind of thing. That's where I struggle because I kind of, because I can't see it how other people would, how other people think and I can't put myself in other people's shoes. I kind of work it out for myself and then I have the, this comes to this and this is what yeah. needs to be done. But then if they go, actually, I've thought it's this, for me, that's where it doesn't make any sense. And I just think like, you're wrong. That's That can't work that way. Uh, and then, you know, they just go, yeah, well, this is how it's happening. Uh, that's where my problems are. But I feel like if somebody just doesn't involve me and goes, this is happening now, I'm fine. 
I don't I don't need to know why. I don't need to know. Even if they just sort of say that's just how it is, fine. If then two weeks later they go, we're going to this way now. That's just how it is. I'm fine. Just don't uh, don't involve me in it if you don't have to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really uh, I don't really think of it. I can be stubborn, um, but it's not. It, like I say, it's not something that I just think. Oh, I wish I wasn't like this. I've never really thought about it that way. I just yeah. Well, I'm sure it has its positives to it as well. Oh yeah, I, like the they always say like if uh, what's that thing that's it's floating around in England a lot uh, at the moment is a saying that I always see on Twitter is uh, if you what is it if you don't change your mind then there's no point having one so that's like a saying is that right have I said that I, right? I don't know that I've heard it yeah well you wouldn't do because it's, it's, it's something that's being Twitter. used in politics a lot at the moment oh right okay. uh, so because obviously you know not to go into like too fine a point on anything that's happening but obviously a lot of people they uh, how it's working a lot in the uk at the moment is people pick a side and then that's it there's no change in their mind no matter what is said no matter yeah. what is proven no matter what's happening nobody's going like actually you know what maybe i was wrong or yeah i can see your point now maybe we should do it this way there's at the moment like the way people this is like just a twitter thing i can't talk about the whole of the uk here because this is like a small this is like the political sphere on twitter there's an opinion of once you've made your mind up that's it no matter what happens no matter what is said no matter what comes up you can't be wrong now and even if you can see that you're going towards a brick wall in a car you know you can't turn out the way because you've decided that you are going in this straight line and it doesn't matter what's in the way you're hitting it uh and that's the way a lot of people that are like on the political sphere on Twitter at the moment see things, whichever side they're on. Yeah, it's, either, um, yeah. it's not like a specific group; it's everybody. Uh, and yeah, there's this quote going around. I'm not sure who said it. But it's just saying if you don't change your mind, there's no point having one. Like you, you're allowed to change, even if you completely believe one way of thinking. You know, you're allowed to then go. You know what? I'm going to start doing it this yeah. way now. That's fine. So like, that's a thing. So I, you know, equally, I don't want to be like this is how we're doing this. I don't want to change my mind on this, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's something I struggle with because I'm on the spectrum. I, it's hard for me to change my mind on something once it's made up. Um, it's not impossible, obviously. Um, but yeah, it is, it's more of a trial for me to switch yeah. the way I think about something. I can get there. It just, I would say it takes like probably like three times the amount it would take an NT person to change their mind on it. No, I get that. And I also think like that's the same with you with like, I mean, not just with you, with anyone, but a lot of things like I feel that it's not a, the, the problem is it's not a deliberate thing. It's just how it is. And it's easy to think. Because some people are really flexible, it's easy to think, well, they could just change that, but it's not always that easy, you know? Yeah. Like, sometimes, so even, like, with me, sometimes I think with you, oh, well, you could just do that differently. And it. I don't really think, I, I guess, don't really appreciate the the difficulty sometimes. And not with a lot. Like, I think generally I'm, I'm I, I get you. Uh, but I know sometimes I can I can be that way with you. Yeah, I guess that's the thing to remember if you know somebody that's on the spectrum, I suppose, is, you know, to you it could seem like a really 
easy change that they could make or just stop doing this one particular thing. Yeah. You know, not talking about the big autistic stuff that they have problems with, but just weird little characteristics or weird little personality traits that you just think, just stop doing that. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you can stop it. Just stop. And you can say to them, just don't do that anymore. Like, please stop doing that. And they'll just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. But I think there's there's weird little like personality traits and weird little autistic ticks, I suppose, that people have that you wouldn't think are actually related to their autism. You yeah. just think it was a choice they're making and yeah. they're purposely being that way. But there's like your autism so integrated into the way you behave that uh, there is just stuff that you do that you you literally don't even either half the time don't know you're doing it. Or even if someone points it out, you have no control over not doing it anyway. So it's kind of infuriating. I always find it annoying in some cases where people say, just stop doing that. And you don't realize it's something you do because of your autism. So you try to stop doing it. Uh, and it's like, you just you can't, you just can't do it. Yeah. Um, and you find yourself getting annoyed with yourself and then yeah. eventually getting annoyed with them because they're the one that showed it to you but then equally every time you do the same behavior in front of them they're looking at you like we've talked about this and you just think like i can't help it like i'm not asking you to you know stop stuff you can't control you know yeah like i do it with myself with the way i feel about certain things and really you can't you can't really help the way you feel but some things i think oh i shouldn't feel sad about this or i shouldn't feel i don't know annoyed or even sometimes i shouldn't feel happy about that but can't help the way I feel but I I find that that's something that I do with myself quite a lot is I get uh like I get on edge with my I get annoyed at myself for how I feel about something so I suppose that's a that's a thing that I wish I could like I wish I could think I don't want to be that way anymore and just change it but I I can't yeah yeah I mean it's not to say that everybody on the spectrum can't change their behaviors and stuff like I don't want to Oh no, definitely. I don't, don't want to like be like we'll just let them do what they got to do. There is you know there is stuff that can be done. It's just just certain things, just certain things. You know, no matter what you try, I mean, you can give it a go, you can try different techniques and like ways to do it, but the results always the same. They're the ones that can't be altered. But then there is some stuff that you know, there's people that people on the spectrum do that you could totally I think there's no harm in trying and there's no harm in mentioning it saying like this you know, it'd been. I would prefer it if you didn't do this, or you could. Could you try to not do this or something? But if it, if it's something that you can see that they are trying and they're just not yeah. quite able to, then that's when you've got to accept it. But I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking, honestly. As long as you know, I guess it depends on the way you go about it. If you go to them and say it in a really horrible way, then that's not nice. But if you know, if you do it in a sensitive way and you treat it you i just know handle with care or whatever oh yeah then... i mean like when anybody points out anything i do that's autistic and i know it's autistic and i know i can't do anything about it and they kind of just be like can you pack that up please yeah like i do not take that well no i know exactly so i think it definitely go about it the correct way but there isn't any harm in asking like i think it's and it's nice to to I suppose talk about it like I would rather know what it instead of just irritating someone by an action and it always be a thing that I'm irritating them with but I don't know that that's what's causing them to feel that way I would rather be told so that I can try 
And then if I really can't, at least then they might not be as irritated because we've discussed it. I've explained that I'm really trying to sort it out, but I can't. And then maybe they'll let it go instead of it being a thing where they just think I'm never making an effort or I am just completely unaware that it's a, it's, an, I was going to say an irritant, but whatever the correct word is. Agitator? Yeah, I suppose, an agitator. Yes. Well, that's it for this week. Yes. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening again. Uh, I know that last week's episode did not go on Apple Podcasts, but the one before did. I have no idea anymore what's going on with that. I can only apologise uh, for anybody that can't get it in the Apple Podcast way. It's... I, I don't know, because we're doing the exact same thing every week. I've done the exact same way of uploading it and the way we record it every week since we started this. And, you know, it worked up until a point, but um, neither Anchor or Apple think it's anything to do with them. So I have no idea. We're so I can, struggling. Yeah, I, I literally have tried everything. There's nothing I can do to fix it. So, you know, if you're having to listen to this on something you wouldn't normally do, really appreciate that you've taken the time to download a different app or listen to it somewhere else Uh, that's great because our numbers haven't really changed because of it and i know like when the one went up the week before i was like it's back but i don't know so a lot of you probably thought oh great it's now back on apple and i tried to listen to last week's episode on there and it didn't work um but like i said i can apologize for that uh but I, i literally have no idea what the issue is now um but yeah that's it so thanks everybody if you want to listen get us on anything like them aspergers just look for it on twitter instagram or facebook we're on all three uh there's a private group on facebook if you want to join it talk to other people on the spectrum about your own personal stuff to do with aspergers not even personal anything you want um it doesn't have to be about the podcast uh you can talk about anything that you want to talk about and we also have an email address which is them aspergers at gmail.com if you want to uh, I know I said that weird you said uh, that so straight I'll try that again themaspergers <laughs> at gmail.com if you want to send us an email that you don't want uh, well you don't have social media or you just don't want to put it on social media that's fine yeah private uh, you can also private message us though on all social media outlets I'm pretty sure Instagram Twitter and Facebook all have private messaging so you can message us on there as well yes thank you everybody so much for listening Talk to you next week. Bye.